The views and opinions expressed by guests on the Hide and Seek podcast are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views, opinions, or positions of the host or contributors. Hey everyone, this is Sarah. Would you like to take a more active role in the Hide and Seek community? Would you like to share your thoughts with other listeners? Join us in the Hide and Seek podcast discussion group on Facebook. You can find us by searching Hide and Seek Podcast Discussion Group on Facebook. This podcast deals with mature topics that may not be suitable for all listeners. Material heard on the Hide and Seek Podcast is intended for adult listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Sweet dreams are made of this. 24-Hour News Aid's Brady Gillum went to Sturgis tonight to speak with the missing woman's mother about what may have happened to her daughter. I can tell you where she most likely is. I hadn't seen anybody that I felt comfortable saying anything to until today. The stories they tell are pretty fucked. They're pretty freaking gruesome. I kept all the text messages, Facebook messages, the messages between me and Brittany. I have all of them. I have everything. I told him, I said, I kill all the motherfuckers. And I was going to have my people fucking take care of it. I'll just say Brittany's name out of nowhere just to see what somebody says. Because this little town around here would be hard to hide something like that. Because eventually everything comes out. To me, some days I don't believe anything happened to her. I think she just left. This is Hide and Seek, Season 3. I'm your host, James Basinger. Hey guys. In last week's episode, you heard a four-part call I had with JJ Fox. You were introduced to JJ in episode 29 when Eric S. and JJ were pulled over in a traffic stop. Last week in episode 30, you heard directly from JJ in four phone calls he made to me from prison in 2021. JJ told me a few of his theories. But the more important takeaway was his experience with Ashley and Eric. JJ told me he met Eric and Ashley the day of the traffic stop. He said he was out searching for Brittany after Jessica had asked him for help in locating her daughter. Two hours into JJ's search, Eric showed up. He described Eric S. being stuck on his side the whole day. He described him as a pyro and weird. JJ says he believes Ashley has something to do with Britney's disappearance and even tells me about a JPay email received from Britney's account just two weeks prior to our conversations. He said Ashley was using Britney's account to contact him. This story sounds similar to the story we heard from Pocket, who also told us about Ashley not only using Britney's JPay, but impersonating her as well, to reach out to him while he was in prison in 2019. 
Ashley justifies her behavior in accessing the account of a missing person by telling JJ Brittany had stamps available on her JPay account, and she didn't. JJ ended our communication promising me he'd sit down with me when he got out of prison. It's now January of 2023. I'm still waiting for JJ to contact me and make good on his word. Our initial interest in Don's property was sparked when Ashley brought up his name to me in our first interview. I asked Jessica about the property and she corroborated some of the information Ashley brought up. Since then, he's been a hot topic amongst locals. On December 15th, 2018, Don's property was the target of arson. On December 19th, 2018, there was a second attempt made. Stories about Brittany being held captive in his basement and burned on the property are something we've heard from early on in our investigation. In episode 19, you heard the results of the GPR cadaver dog search we did on part of the property. We'd been searching for Don for a while. We attempted to make contact several times, but nothing ever panned out. In December of 2022, Sarah notified me that Don had a new Facebook profile. I attempted to make contact with him once more. On January 10th, 2023, Don sent me a message. A friend of mine told me to listen to your bullshit. You are so fucking dumb. I don't know any of the people you keep talking about. If the car was found out in Sturgis, then why the fuck would she end up at my house? I think I may know Ashley, but not very well. Never been to her place. I damn sure didn't tell the police. I know it happened at my house. I couldn't believe my fucking ears. I don't know a thing about this girl and whatever happened. People who know me know goddamn well I'm not that man. I don't even like to fight, let alone kill someone. Whoever put my name out there is a fucking moron. They might be the guilty. Not sure of the dates, but I was home in Wyoming about four days before my house burned. My sister called me and told me it was burning. I went back to Wyoming because the cops in Michigan we're getting too close to busting me for dope. I don't know a fucking thing. So why don't you get your facts straight before you talk your shit? Fuck you, man. I know nothing. Keep me out of it, bitch. I look at this message as an opportunity, an open door. So I shoot a message right back. Quit running and answer some questions. Talking all that shit about how you had nothing to do with it. Cool, then let's talk about it. Why is that a problem? Acting like I'm trying to pin this on you. I'm after the person who did whatever they did to Brit. If you had nothing to do with it, then let's talk about it. Downhill. Hey. 
Can you see me? Oh, okay. Yeah. What's up, man? Well, fuck, let me say this, man. Let me start off with this, Don. Like, thanks for answering the phone call because not a lot of motherfuckers do. So I appreciate you jumping on the call. Honestly, man, I've been trying to find you for quite a while. So for you to get on Facebook and to, to reach back. I've been for two years. Well, I, I've been messaging. And the police thing saying I disappeared, that's bullshit. I'll be right here and guess where I live. <laughs> and as far as saying uh, I knew something went on in my house, that's bullshit too. Why would I, I don't know nothing. Why would the fuck would I say that? Let me tell you this. First, I didn't add or, or inflate anything to the testimony. We read off of what was provided in the case file. So what they said is what I'm operating off of. Well, they said it's retarded. Why would I... I don't know, I never met this girl. I don't know any of these people, except Ashley, I met her a couple of times. And I don't even know. Uh, when did this happen? When did my house burn? Because I was back in Wyoming four days before it burned. And when did, this, when did she disappear? I don't even know. I don't know, I heard, I heard about it after I got here at home in Wyoming. They're trying to burn a murder on me in fucking Michigan. When did you leave from White Pigeon in that area to Wyoming? Whatever day my house burned, it was like four days earlier. Because I got out of here, got home to Wyoming, and my sister called me four days later and said, the house is on fire as we speak. I'm like, really? Wow. What the fuck happened? You know? So the first fire was December 15th. Well, I was home four days before that. So December 11th? That was my birthday, so maybe, maybe maybe it was five or six days. I don't remember. But I know it was the same week I got here. Within the same week, my sister called me and said my house was I've talked to, like, Saudi McWaters. I know he was around over there. I know that... Uh, Saudi, yeah. He wasn't around at that time. But the people that were at your house, was J.J. Fox over there? I don't even know that dude. You don't know JJ Fox? No. You, you never met Ashley? Yes, I know. I think, I think, if it's Ashley, I think it is. I mean, she was at the house a couple times with him. But I never met her friend or before it was Brittany, as I never met, I never met this girl. You've never met Brittany Shank or Brittany Wallace? No, I not know who she was. I've seen the pictures that I've seen from the, from the police and whatever, and no, I do not know this girl. Never seen her before in my life. There were things going on at your house that made it a place where people were. You, I don't know if you said it was in the the case file that you had things going on at your house that were criminal activity, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> we did drugs at every party. So I know. Did you sell anything there? Huh? Were, were people selling from there? Uh, probably. I don't know. Um, I rented out my basement to buy more. Was he, was he making the counterfeit money making? Yeah, yeah. I had no idea what was going on either. <laughs> until after it was going on, until after the police were involved. Were you not aware that this, because they made it seem like you left Casper and they couldn't find you? 
<laughs> They're stupid. I'm right here in Jasper right now. It's where I live. It's where my kids are, my ex-wife. But basically my boys, you know? Yeah. And when you met Ashley Marie, did you, or I don't know if you said you met her or not, you know of her, but did you ever meet her face to face? Uh, her last name is, what's her last name? Well, she goes by Marie, Ashley Marie, but her last name is. No, I don't know. I don't think so. No, I'm not sure if I know her or not. I know an Ashley. I don't know. Do you got a picture of her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll send it to you right now. Hold on. I'm like, if this car, if this little wreck was well, I'm starting somewhere, what makes people think she was at my house? We know she leaves that Fond River over in Sturgis. She gets they she leaves the scene from there after the car has been abandoned and gets picked up by somebody else. And we don't know where she went after that. We don't know if she was killed during the the, the transition of running away from the mystery man who was with her, or we don't know if she goes with the mystery man and they get in another car and go to someone else's house. Well, that, that, I can't remember that guy's name, but the, the description of the guy she was with sounds like this guy for three hours. Who is that? But I don't remember. I can't remember his damn name. <sighs> But that, that description of the dude with the mud chops or whatever. Sounds like that guy. God, I can't remember his fucking name. I tried to put that all that behind me because I thought I was going to be getting in trouble for drugs and shit. That's why I left. That's why is, that I why you, is, that, is that why you bounced? Yeah, because I just got pulled over two days before. A friend of mine had an eight ball and he got busted and and they're very close to busting me, and I was like, fuck this, I'm gonna hire him. Couldn't get a job there anywhere within an hour close to the house or anything. So I just go back here where I know better. Did the house foreclose? Uh, no, uh, well, I don't know what my dad did with it. I wasn't paying the bills, so. Yeah, he let it go. I guess I probably did foreclose on you had mentioned working that night at the nuclear plant. How do you know it was that night, though? Well, I'm not so sure. I don't know that night. I don't even know what night. I know I worked at the nuclear plant for a while. I was two and a half hours away. And who knows what went on in my house? If that girl was ever at my house, that would have probably been the time when I wasn't there. Because I don't know. I don't know the Bobby Moore that had the basement, whatever. I didn't really like the guy, so he, he did his thing in the basement, and I did my thing upstairs. And I didn't really go down there for nothing except to wash my clothes. And I tried to get him out for weeks and weeks. And he wouldn't fucking leave until finally the cops got onto him and then he left. I'm gonna call it like I see it, right? So. One of the things I saw early on was a lot of people were saying at Don Hill's house, Don Hill's house, and there was the fires, and that they intentionally set the house on fire to try to get rid of the body, and it didn't work. And then <laughs> I wasn't even there. Okay? I wasn't even there. I didn't even know about it till I got here. So it continued on, and there was a second fire, and then the house was sold, or at least the bank took the house back, and 
whatever was going on, like you said, whether you were present at the house or not, whatever the people that were doing, like Bobby downstairs, I know that there were counterfeit money making was going on. I know that there were drugs obviously going in and out. There was talks about a dog kennel. No, man, downstairs was uh, a foosball table, a card table, a dartboard. Ask anybody that I do know, my friends, that's not it, man. There's no crazy ass weird shit like that. I heard they were saying there's like dungeon type shit down there. There's nothing down there. Nothing like that going on? I don't know. It was a game room area, the game area when Bobby, when I finally got Bobby out of here. How long were you at that house for? <laughs> a year, maybe, a year and a half, maybe. I'm not sure. I was pretty fucking high the whole time. I did a, it's what you call a GPR. It's a ground penetrating radar. And then basically instead of me having to dig down into the, into the earth, I can see from the GPR, uh, the, the graph basically get, shows us what's beneath the surface, right? Without having to dig. Right. Underneath your con, un, underneath the basement, about another eight feet deep was another object down below the concrete foundation of the basement. <laughs> That's weird. No, never, no. Never, you have no knowledge what that is? No. I mean, no. And you rented out the downstairs to Bobby. Who else did you rent it out to? Uh, just just Bobby and whatever his friends. And his cousin, uh, oh, fuck, his cousin, his cousin ran out one of the rooms upstairs, but, um, but I said, they're two different, way two different people, and I didn't, I didn't like Bobby much. I didn't realize, like, I moved away from Michigan in 1996, 97, and then I came back because my dad said I got a house, so, and I realized how fucked up it is around here, and then when my wife left, brought the kids back here, finally when it all came down, I was like, fuck it, I'm going home too. Home is here for me, not there. All right, so you have no knowledge about what that thing downstairs or down below the, the the foundation. You have no knowledge. Never met, never met Brittany ever. No. I sent you. I sent you a picture of Ashley, or I sent you her profile. I do not recognize that girl. I know Ashley, but it ain't that one. No. 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 They mentioned you when you were at the interview with them over in Casper. They said that you had got pulled over originally, and then they asked you to go down to the station, which you do. But they're talking about in the case file, it says you didn't know anything about this whole thing, but then you had done some research online. And and from what you were upset about, you were saying, as, as, as they were saying, you were like, I don't know anything about it. And then it turned into, I know something, whatever happened, happened at my house, apparently, or supposedly, whatever the verbiage was. The bullshit. I'm not saying that. I did not say that. Whatever happened, I don't know what the fuck happened. And I have most of the people that have been listening to your cast. That's why I finally got in touch with you. Most of the people that you're looking at, whatever it is that, I don't know any of them. You don't know Chuck Allen? 
I thought I knew Ashley, but nope, I don't know her either. Chuck, I've heard his name. I've heard his name, but I don't know. That's the only one whose name I even recognize. Saudis, though? Oh, Saudis, yeah. You don't know J.J. Fox? He doesn't sound familiar? No. No. That whole counterfeit money making thing going on downstairs, but with Bobby was doing that, right? Yeah, I didn't even know until after the fact. When they found out about the counterfeit money making, it's your property, of course, but he's a tenant, he's downstairs. It doesn't necessarily make you responsible, but I felt like they would have at least pressed you more and been like, Did you know? Were you aware? Have you been using? Have you been attempting to use dollar bills at all? Like, they never questioned you about it? No, I mean. When they came with the first one, they came to search his area, which was the basement. You know? They searched the basement, they didn't search my part because he lived down there and I lived upstairs. When you walk in the front door, automatically there's a door that goes in the house or you go down to the basement. And so they went straight downstairs to his basement area. Yeah. Did you see them take anything? And they were down there fucking, they were down for, for like four hours. They they obviously were interested in wanting to give you a polygraph. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I'd do it. You'd do it? I would. Did you really grab the bottle from the can? What bottle was when you're exiting the, the you interview, what? when you're exiting the interview, no, I, don't, I don't even know. I don't know. I, that's a weird thing to do. I don't know. If I did, it's just start watering it. I don't know. Not because I, I mean, I've been on, I've been in prison, you know, right? They got my DNA on file. I mean, who cares? And they showed you a picture of Brit at the at the Casper, Wyoming police station when they interviewed. Yeah, they showed me a picture. And yeah, I've never seen him. Never seen him before. They ever ask you to come back in for a follow up interview? No. You haven't heard from them since, basically, since that interview. But in regards to Brittany's case, no, nothing. The one time they had me in there asking me questions, I'm telling you, I don't know. And you, you left, you left around December. If did you said December 11th is your birthday? Yeah, it was about the first week of December. That you take off to Castle. I was all right. Yep. I wasn't working. That was all. I wasn't paying the bills. I wasn't working. Didn't have no electricity. Almost came real close to going to jail for drugs. And I was like, fuck it, I'm go back to go back to Casper. My kids are here. You know, there's nothing for me there. And then when your sister called you and said your house is on fire, that was like four days after you had taken off, you said, 
what what was the outcome of that? Did you ever even call? Did you have, did Dad have to get involved with the insurance company? I mean, what did any did the fire department explain how it started? I'm not sure about all that, man. My sister, my dad don't talk to me anymore because all this bullshit. And I don't know. My sister talks to me, but she don't. Nobody's really elaborated on anything. And so you had no awareness of what was happening for the fire, what the purposes were, what the per person was trying to do? No, no idea. All I know is it started in the bedroom upstairs. Whose bedroom would that have been? Nobody's in the next room. Okay. This is your Facebook. Can I ask that you not block me so in case I got to follow up, can I follow up with you? Sure, sure. I mean, the people that know me, they really know me. They know I ain't doing no bullshit like that. No. No way. And again, I want to confirm you would be willing to take that poly. For sure. Why not? Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I know the interview was hard to understand, so let me break it down to the most important pieces from Don's interview. When I called Don, I used Facebook Messenger. He wasn't aware that the video feed was turned on. I like to use Facebook video call for many reasons. It's good to see who you're talking to and who might be with them. After we get that figured out, Don goes on to answer some of my questions. One of my first questions is about the fires that took place at his property. He says he doesn't really know much about them. By that time, he says he was already in Wyoming. He finds out the details from his sister who calls to tell him what happened about four days after he left Michigan. His memory anchor is his birthday on December 11th. As we continue our conversation, Don doesn't deny that there was illegal activity happening at his house. He told me about partying, narcotics, and counterfeit money-making. I addressed the rumor of a dog cage being used in his basement as a way to contain people. Don says that never happened and tells me that the basement was used as a game room after Bobby Big Bills moved out. When I questioned him about Brittany, he tells me he never met her and doesn't recognize her from the picture he was shown by Casper, Wyoming police. His recollection regarding the interview with Casper police is quite different than what was portrayed in the police file. He doesn't recall retrieving a water bottle from the rubbish and says that he never went off the grid. One of the most glaring discrepancies in his testimony versus JJ's testimony is the relationship between the two. Don says he doesn't know JJ. JJ says he isn't friends with Don, but as we continue our conversation, JJ changes it up and says Don offered to sling dope for him. I know a lot of people I'm not friends with too, but at the very least, they were acquaintances. 
So whose story is accurate? Why would either of these men lie about having some kind of relationship and is any of it relevant to Brittany's disappearance? Perhaps the most important piece of information that came out of my conversation with Don is that he said he'd be willing to take a polygraph. So, St. Joseph County, Casper, Wyoming Police, this is a call for action to you. Don wants to clear his name. Make this happen so we can all take appropriate next steps. Throughout this season, Sarah and I have made a lot of decisions together about what to share, when to share it, and how best to explain it. We've kept some of it close to the vest for various reasons. We've given some individuals the opportunity to share certain things in their own time. As we begin to see the end of the road coming near, Sarah and I have agreed that it's in the best interest of Brittany, her case, and her family. It's time to start sharing those things. Thank you to all of you who have made this journey with us so far. A bend in the road is not the end of the road. So stick with us as we navigate down this last bend. It's time for the rubber to meet the road. The Hide and Seek podcast is hosted, directed, edited, and produced by James Basinger. Written, edited, and produced by Sarah Joe. Engineered, mixed, and mastered by Nudon's Audio Engineering. Director of Photography is Ethan Schatz. Our graphic design is created by Jordan Robinson.